welcome to the Tailored Life Podcast, the one and only fitness and nutrition podcast that goes way beyond just training and nutrition and helps you create a life by design. I'm your host, Cody McBroom, and with me is my co-host, Travis McQueen. And today, we got a Q&A. We do. We're going to jump into some good questions. Before we do, a few quick announcements. The first one, obviously, if you're here, you got to love the podcast. Go leave us a rating and review. We would appreciate it. Spotify makes it extremely easy to do. iTunes, uh, still fairly fairly easy. Just takes a little bit to submit. So do us a favor. Leave us a five-star rating review. Share it with a friend on Instagram. Tag me at Cody McBroom. Share the love. Spread the wealth of knowledge. We want to continue pushing this podcast everywhere we can. It is free information to help people improve their lives. Um, and, number, and entertainment. And entertainment, hopefully. <laughs> or maybe Cody will give us. you the uh, education. I'll give you the entertainment. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> um, number two, uh, this podcast is primarily brought to you by our coaching as you can imagine. So what we do is tailored coaching. That is why we are called tailored coaching method. We are the most evidence-based individualized coaching company there is. And I say that with confidence. So if you're looking for a truly tailored plan, hit us up. This is why we are called tailored coaching method. There's a link in the description of this podcast. Click that apply. Now you can get a free call to talk to us for us to talk to you. Both of us make sure it's a good fit. Um, And then from there we can move into actual coaching. So once again, that is in the description of this podcast, or you can head to tailorcoachmethod.com slash online dash coaching. Now, let's answer some questions. Here we go. All right, we are going to start off the first one from Rebecca Becker. It says, do you think your body adapts to your macros, and will you need different macros to achieve the same result later on in life? I have a male client that weighed 200 pounds and lost, uh, and lost 11 pounds, leaned out, a couple years ago. So he lost, I'm assuming he weighed 200 and lost 11 two years ago or a couple. He gained the 11 pounds back and wants to lose and lean out again. Would you think this, would you think the same macros he had a couple years ago should get him the same results? Yeah, absolutely. Especially in this scenario, it's not really an extreme case. Um, the only, the only evidence we have of, of adaptation is calories, not really macros. So we can't say for sure that it does or doesn't. But um, we do know that we adapt to lower caloric intakes. So the only way that things would have to be different this time is if he needed to you know, push his calories a little bit lower. And the only reason that would happen is if he had a decent amount of metabolic adaptation that stuck around. Um, Based on just the numbers, I wouldn't expect that because if somebody loses 11 pounds and then gains that 11 pounds back, they should be metabolically the same. They're in the same exact place. They just lost it, put it right back on. Now, if he lost 11 pounds and then he gained 11 pounds and three to five pounds of that was muscle, it's a different scenario because it was 11 pounds of fat lost and now that is somewhere between six to eight pounds of fat gained. So there's there's a difference because he put on muscle in that process of regaining that 11 pounds, which would change the metabolic equation here. Um, but that's, that's all related to calories specifically. Um, as far as macros go, there isn't really... I used to think so in certain scenarios, but I, I really... Now that I'm more well-versed, there's really nothing I can pinpoint to say like it would happen because of X, Y, Z. I think that, for example, I used to believe that if somebody hit a plateau, I could change their macros and maybe they did adapt to those macros. And by me changing their macronutrient ratio, their results would change favorably. Now, looking back and thinking of of all the reasons why that might happen, um, I think it's indirect. It's not because... 
it's so hard to explain because it is because of the macros, but it's not because of the macros. And what I mean by that is if somebody is plateaued and they were getting kind of lethargic from being in a deficit, but let's say they have a moderately high fat intake and a pretty low carb intake in this deficit, maybe I was like, hey, we're going to go to a low fat, high carb diet. We shift them. And for a little while, we're not going to feel that lethargy because at a certain point, you're in a deficit, you're in a deficit. I don't care if you're high carb or low carb or whatever lethargy, energy drops, fatigue, it's going to accumulate. That's just diet fatigue, right? From being in a deficit and losing body fat. But if I dropped their fat a little bit and bring, brought up their carbs and they had more energy, maybe they, their step count went up. Maybe their sleep improved because we dropped cortisol a little bit from the carbs going up, um, acted like a little diet break for a little while. Maybe their training intensity brought up in the gym, right? All of these things lead to more calories expended. So is it because their body adapted to the macro or is it because the macros weren't serving them? Probably not serving them. Mm. Because in another case, if I did that shift and it didn't positively impact their step count or their training or anything to increase caloric expenditure, right, this energy flux, it wouldn't have done anything. I would have just switched their macros and they would have been in the same deficit and still been at a plateau. So I, I don't think it's necessarily, I think there's always like, a, a reason behind it. I don't think it's just adapting to fa- a high fat versus a, a high carb diet or anything like that. The, the macros per se. Um, and into that same point, like if he's in a different place than he was last time, that would impact it. So if he's in a place now where he's more or less sedentary, that would influence the ratio of carbs and fats that you would need. If he has a different hormonal situation going on, that might influence the, the protein or the carbon fat intake that you need. So, I don't think necessarily that somebody adapts to the macros and therefore they won't work in the future. I think if anything, you'll need a bigger deficit or maybe even a smaller deficit if you put on a lot of muscle. Um, uh, but either way, I think I don't think you're adapting to the macros. I just think where is this person in their life and are those same macros going to serve them? And if not, you're probably going to need to change them. Totally. Plain and simple. Yeah. Yep. Love it. All right. We will move on to the next question. It comes from fitness xtay says what certifications web course or even seminars and conferences have made the biggest impact on your life and career and i wish i could say one um like i I was trying to answer this on on instagram too and there's literally not like one that comes to mind I can't think of like a seminar I went to that was life-changing. I think that people make a mistake assuming that they're going to find a seminar that's going to be life-changing, mm. you know? like Instead of like accumulative? Exactly, yeah. So don't get me wrong. Like I want, you know, the people who have attended my seminars and the people who will attend my seminars in the future to come and say that it's life-changing. But I think there's a difference between like a life-changing seminar is, is an impactful seminar. It's not like, it, it's very hard to have one moment literally change your life. Yeah. You know what I mean? Um, so for me, it was more or less, I mean, if I had to give one answer, it would be, um, the in-person seminars I went to, not the web courses and shit like that. There's no human interaction. Yeah. So I think that, um, I mean, exactly. But like some of the most impactful seminars I went to was purely just because of the people I met. Totally. Not the information I gathered. I can't even remember half the shit that I gathered from those, you know? Um, so and I think it's hard now, too, because now it's very rare to find, I mean, there's, especially once COVID hit, it kind of shut down a lot of them, but masterminds kind of took over and training and nutrition and coaching seminars kind of faded away, which is why I'm excited for the new space, because I want to host an actual coaching seminar where it's like, 
you know, I'm, we're talking training, program design, coaching, nutrition, like not a quick, easy funnel to use to, you know, gather a bunch of leads to sell. Like that's what masterminds and seminars are now. They're all just business, business, business. It's kind of annoying. Um, when I was coming up, it was all training and nutrition seminars. Totally. Um, and some of them were extremely impactful. There was a lot of people who were impactful in those, but like, I don't, I don't know. Like, I think it's, it would be, it would be misleading for me to say that there was one that did anything. Cause then people would assume that they got to find the right seminar or the right web course or something like that. To me, until they have that breakthrough moment or exactly, something. Exactly. Yeah. Like to me, it, it was a matter of, I mean, every year I was going to a big seminar and every month I was usually doing some kind of workshop, whether it was online or it was in a like Oregon or Vegas or Cali, just because those are easy places to travel from where I'm at. Um, once a year I would go further, Missouri, Florida, like uh, East Coast, DC, like fly across and go somewhere cool um, for a bigger seminar. But it was just constantly going to these things, constantly buying web courses, webinars, um, workshops, certifications, um, hiring coaches, hiring mentors, being a part of groups. Like I've spent hundreds of thousands of dollars on literally on mentorships and courses and lessons and shit like that. Some of which served me more by me learning what not to do because I didn't like the approach. I didn't like how they treated their employees or their clients or went about their methods or whatever it may be. And then some told me exactly what to do because it was so valuable, you know, but it, it was like the thing that made my career and changed the way I do things and changed my life, quote unquote, it was the accumulative effect. Like you said, like just doing these things over time and consistently doing them and not stopping just as I grew. Cause I think a lot of people, um, somebody asked this at the seminar too. It was like, are you still reading any training or nutrition stuff? It's like, no, nope. of, of course <laughs> <laughs> I still do training and nutrition. So like, I think it's, it'd be weird to say like, it's dumb to believe that that stuff stops, you know, it's, I don't go to as many seminars now purely because I have a family. Like, otherwise I'd be booking them all the time just for the fact that I get to meet people. Yeah. You know, and you have a team that you put through these seminars for them. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. They're constantly for doing, us. Yeah. Web courses, certification, stuff like that. Um, and I, again, like the in-person ones are just valuable from a networking perspective. Yeah. So, um, I think they're worth it, but um, there is no one thing that's going to make your career, make your life change or anything. It's it's an accumulative effect of going to as many in-person seminars as you can, buying as many workshop recordings, courses, uh, webinars, seminars, all that kind of shit, um, doing as much of that stuff as you can um, in hiring people, like hiring coaches and mentors to see either A, to be coached by them to see how they do things, or B, to get advice on how to be coached. Yeah. You know, mentoring isn't something I do anymore personally, but I always have mentors in my life and I've always had mentors in my life. Um, and I've always hired coaches too. I've always done both because I want to see how people are doing stuff as me as a client. And then I want people to tell me what they think I should do because yeah. they're, they've done, been there, done that. It's like your favorite quote. Right. Coaches need coaches. Coaches need coaches, man. Yeah. Um, I made up another cool quote today. You made it up. Yeah. Let's go. <laughs> I put it in quotes. Yeah. Literally. So I said it. <laughs> so people will, I didn't write Cody McBroom. Oh. I just put it in quotes. I'm, I'm waiting to see if people will DM me back and say, I love that fucking quote. No, what is like, it? It's uh, well, now I can't remember because I just wrote it real quick. It's uh, do what you love until you do nothing else. Is that what I said? Uh, did you see my story with Jake on it? Nope. So I was, uh, I shared his, he had a reel. I mean, people can probably hear his. Whoa. You can hear the metal. Yeah. Um, but he's just going nuts on stage, dude. 
And it was cool because I see this and it's like this camera angle underneath and it's just going nuts. And he's like getting on the, the speakers, the risers and everything. And one of the big things he came to me for was he was like, dude, I have knee pain. And my biggest fear is going to jump on the riser and fucking scream at the crowd and just like tearing my ACL and tripping uh, and falling yeah. in front of 10,000 people or however yeah. many people are at these fucking concerts, you know? Um, and I'm like, man, that's, that's heavy. You know, yeah. that'd be fucking scary. So I've been obviously training him and doing his nutrition and everything. And he's losing weight. He feels way better. But he sent me a text the other day, just like an appreciation text, just saying like how good he feels. He was like, I, uh, he told me, which granted, I'm not doing, I'm not coaching him on vocals. <laughs> I don't know shit yeah. about screaming, but he literally was like, my voice sounds better ever since we like started getting results, dude. Like everything we're doing is contributing to how I sound on the mic, uh. which is just a testament of like, when you manage stress, you improve your health, you, you sleep better, you train say, harder. Yeah. Of course your voice is going to sound better. You know, you can give your all. <clears throat> um, but I just like wrote this thing about like, this is Jake, my client. He's on stage killing it. And like, it's just been such a cool experience being an online coach and be able to work with people like this, you know, for different types of goals. Like, yeah, he wants to be lean, but he didn't come to me saying, I want bigger biceps yeah. and abs. He's like, I want to be the best metal screamer there is. That's, And he like, dude, like he educated me on the the way his diaphragm, yeah. like his practices the for screaming stuff. It. It's nuts. Yeah. It's actually really crazy. Yeah. Um, but the quote I said was, do what you love and do it well enough to do nothing else. That's what it is. Say it one more time. Uh, you just skipped it. Well, I'm now my volume is on, so I'm <laughs> trying to avoid it blasting the mic. Do what you love and do it well enough to do nothing else. Oh, you know, I could probably say do nothing else at all or yeah. do nothing else in life or whatever. But like, basically, figure out what you love to do. Yeah, and don't ever stop. Don't ever stop. Yeah, be so damn good at it that there you, you literally never have to do anything else. Yeah, besides fucking that. taking out the trash and eating food, and <laughs> doing <laughs> the dishes, normal human stuff. Yeah. Uh, cool yeah all right cool we will move on to the next question uh it is from annette may 23 it says will your new training app have new workout plans yes it will and uh i want to uh announce this too because it's monday right now when they're listening to this yep cool um so if you follow me on instagram you saw this on friday because i literally um Again, I've been sick this week, so we're recording these later than we usually like to. But I just posted this today, which is Friday. Um, so you may have already seen this, but um, I just launched a new program in the current app. So the new app will have new programs. Um, it will have – basically what we're going to do is I'm going to take – I think I'm taking like three total. Um, so like, for example, Power Builder, which is a male and female version. That counts as one. But like – three programs, uh, power builders, one performance bodybuilding was one. And then there's another one that I, I really wanted to take over basically like the, the programs that are very true to my style of programming and that have been, uh, big hits with people. Like people really enjoyed them, got great results with them. I'm going to bring those over and just make tweaks to them. So I'm going to make minor updates to what I think could be better. Um, to the actual programming, obviously the way it's delivered is going to be 10 times better because the app is just going to be the shit. Yeah. But, um, that the rest of the programs will be completely new. So I'm basically revamping the way it's done because I want it to be really simplified to where there's basically there's like a toggle system of, of like 
um, it's not called toggle, but there's toggle buttons. I can't remember what it's called. When you essentially go, all right, I'm a male. I want to train three days a week. My goal is fat loss. And it's like, boom, it tells you what programs are best for you. So that way, instead of you trying to go through all the videos of me describing them and then DMing me in the app and doing all those things and trying to figure out what's the best program, you can literally just click your goal, who you are, what, how many days a week you want to change your experience level. And it'll tell you exactly what program to follow Sick, yeah. um, or what programs, cause there's going to be multiple in each category. But um, it's going to be very, very straightforward of, like, um, basically, like, there's going to be, like, you, you either, you're on a fat loss goal and you want to lean towards strength or hypertrophy. You you have hypertrophy goals, you have strength goals, or you have concurrent goals. So it's, like, performance bodybuilding. Yeah. I want to be, like, strong and athletic, but I want to look good, too. So there will be categories, and then there's going to be breakdowns of training splits um, in there. So it's really, really really dope. I'm excited about that. But because it's been delayed, because um, originally we we're going to launch Black Friday, which is this month. And although the app functions well enough for us to do that, not all the features are done the way I wanted them to be done. Um, and partially the reason we're having to push out the, the launch date is because I didn't start creating the app with those in mind. <laughs> I started adding things to it. So I'm like, well, this would be super dope. Oh shit, let's add this too. And I started like stacking new features. And because of that it's just taking way longer. Um so it's 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 annoying, but at the same time it's like worth the wait. It's worth the wait. And uh for anybody listening who like most of you listening don't understand what goes into developing an app on the back end. And it's it's painfully complicated. <laughs> like um and it hits your pocket <laughs> pretty well too. It's not a cheap process. But um, as you could tell, me waiting just means that I'm willing to go through more of that and I'm willing to spend more money to make it better and better and better. So um, just be patient with me. It's going to be so fucking dope. And if you're already in the app, you get first look and first access to it and a grandfathered in rate. Um, so if the rate does change because there is literally 10 times more features and functions in this app, um, you will be grandfathered in. So now's a really good time to jump in the app. But um, I just launched a new program that I wrote for the new app, but I'm launching it now because I'm like, you know what? We're waiting so long. Let me give people something that they can jump into in the current app that's new. Um, and this is a program that I've been kind of playing with the last couple of weeks and I will be training alongside you. So it's starting on, I'm starting it on Monday. Um, I, I've been testing it the last few weeks, not anything this week. So I've been sick, but for reference, that's November 7th. Yes. So um, I'm going to be starting that. So the point is, is like, we're going to be doing today. These, yeah, as you guys are listening today, I'm starting, like, I'm doing this program right now. Um, and that means as you're seeing this, you'll probably see a reel within the next day or two, too, because we're going to be filming a bunch of, uh, like, vlog-style reels of my training sessions, and they will be these training sessions. There you go. So um, my aerobic days won't be in this program, uh, but there's an aerobic conditioning add-on that you can add on if you want a day or two of aerobic conditioning um, in the app, but it's called Body Armor. And the reason I called it Body Armor is because um, – it, I kind of took like a six week, it's a shotgun approach. So it's six weeks. So, which is shorter than most programs, but I also didn't want people following a three month program and them, uh, be going into the, um, the like new app, like, fuck, I'm like halfway through this program or whatever it may be. Yep. So six weeks is a safe bet and it's still a good enough time to make a lot of progress. So, um, the, it's kind of a power building athletic. It's like, it's hard to explain, but you're going to notice a lot of variety in there. So my goal with it, and the reason I called it body armor is because I'm on this mission of like, I have a good foundation of muscle, so I don't necessarily want to build more muscle, although you could build muscle and this is if it's new to you. So if you haven't trained like this before, it's a novel stimulus, you're going to build muscle. But for me, I'm like, I want to like get and stay lean 
and I want to feel athletic, which means I'm strong, means I'm powerful, my joints feel good, like I'm on this like health mission right now. So there's going to be a compound lift every Monday, Tuesday that stays the whole time. So a deadlift go. variation and a bench variation, and we're going to be cycling through a periodization plan that allows you to progress strength in those two movements throughout the whole plan. There's going to be a unilateral strength movement that you're going to stick with the whole time as well. For six weeks, you're progressing and trying to get better at that. The rest of the program is going to change out every two weeks. So you will have like an explosive, uh, like explosive overhead work. That'll change every two weeks, the variation. But you're constantly working on explosive overhead work. You're going to have a, a lot of horizontal pulling, but you're going to change the, the way you're doing it. You're going to have a dynamic unilateral movement of uh, every week. So, for example, like a, a reverse lunge into step up. So a lot of movement going on, a lot of athleticism, balance, but also strength, endurance, because you got to be able to lift weight while doing it. Totally. Um, so when you look at, like, what this is building, it, it really, is, to me, it is building body armor. You're going to be more resilient. You're going to look harder literally because you're gonna be looking athletic but also your joints are gonna be protected you're gonna be less likely to get injured like those are the focuses of it um and it's really fun it's a four-day split upper lower um men and women can do this program there is a couple changes in there um for men versus women like you'll see and they don't even have to but like for example if women want to work on more glutes you can stick with the hip thrust if you're a guy that doesn't care about glutes you you would go to the rdl instead and it shows like there's a substitute button you just click the button boom it switches the exercise from hip thrust to rdl um but that is called body armor it's a four-day plan i'm doing that with two extra days of conditioning um one programmed conditioning day in the gym and then one off day and that could be a run with bubba could be a, a weight vest walk on the trail like it's just gonna be something out on the weekend um but we're going to be documenting some of the training sessions in here, and it'll be a part of this. So um, if you want to test out the new program before the new app launches, get a grandfathered in rate, and literally train with me because you'll see me posting about this as we go on Instagram, um, head over to the, uh, what is it, taylor-trainer.com. Um, we have a link in the description of the podcast. Sign up for the app. If you're already in the app and you're already a member, it's in there now. It's a brand new program. Um, if you don't see it on the list, because the list is pretty fucking big at this point, just there's a search bar at the type, top, type in body armor, We'll find it. There Start you go. with me today. There we go. Cool. All right. Let's move on to the next question we got coming from Payal Saha. I probably butchered that, but um, here it is. It says, how do you determine... I think it's Payal. Payal Saha. How do you determine if you are ready to go into a deficit? How long should that phase even last? This is only going to make sense to people who have successfully gone through a cut. I'll explain more than this but for the easiest way for me to answer it is when you know you'll know and it's the same thing with like people who like people say that about like getting married when you know you know oh yeah okay and like you don't get it and then you fall in love get married and you're like oh yeah shit i guess i did know right away like yeah. it's the same exact thing when you're ready for a cut you know the reason you know is because you're in a healthy place your body isn't fatigued your health isn't a good place digestion sleep stress all those kind of things your biofeedback and your health markers are in a positive place um, more than anything, uh, psychologically, you're in a positive place, meaning you're motivated. So it's not like, fuck, I got a diet or like, yeah, like I'm dreading this diet. It's like, no, I'm excited. And this is how you really know. I'm excited to eat less food and train and sweat and work hard. Like things that are difficult and taking food away isn't always the most fun thing, you know, like for most of us. But like, if you're excited to go into a deficit, you know, you're ready. Yeah. You know, you're psychologically in a place where you are accepting the, the, torture <laughs> i almost said sacrifice but i don't want to say sacrifice because it's like an investment you sure. know it's, it, but it's difficult it's work so you're, you're willing to accept that work for the result you want and when you are easily able to accept that work 
you're in a good place psychologically to diet. Um, and then the health markers, some people know, some people don't know. So sometimes they need a coach or somebody else to say like, well, you're too stressed out or like, man, you're not in a good place. Like I've told clients that like, we're not in a good place to diet. Um, and then the last one is environmental. So your lifestyle, does your lifestyle support you going to a deficit? Like if you're going out with friends two to three times a week for drinks, that lifestyle doesn't support going to a cut. And if you are willing to pull back on that a little bit because you want to go into a diet and it's not hard for you to make that choice, then you're ready. But if you're like, I don't give a shit that much. I want to go hang out with my friends and drink. Okay. Keep doing that. Yeah. Maintain, get strong, whatever. Like you can try to do a little bit, but that's going to slow you down a lot. So you want to drink once a week? Cool. Whatever. Like, but when you have to look at those things, you have to look at the people you live with, the places you go, the job you have, like do all these things support it or do they make it more difficult? Um, and if they make it more difficult, is it making it difficult to a point that it is going to be like a burden or a stress on you, right? It's not more difficult if you're like, well, there's always a candy bowl at work. Yeah, okay, stop reaching for the fucking candy bowl. Like that's that's not more difficult, right? That's like your self-discipline and yeah. willpower. That candy bowl is metaphorically everywhere. Yeah. You know, you go to the gas station, there's fucking treats and shit everywhere. Yeah, exactly. Um so you have to be in a good place from an environmental standpoint too. But if you look at those different factors, if all those things check out, I think you're ready to go. But again, like intuitively, most people just know yeah. you're, you're ready to go. And then how long does that phase last? It's really dependent on the person. Um, the most generic answer I give to people is eight to 16 weeks because like eight weeks is like for somebody who doesn't have a lot of weight to lose, that's a safe bet. We can like not to use the same term again, but shotgun approach it like eight weeks, get after it get it done. That's what I did. Right. It was like eight or nine weeks. It was aggressive. I used cardio. I just went after it cause I didn't want to wait too long. I didn't want to spend a ton of time at deficit. I just wanted to get the job done. Um, for some people that's not nearly enough. Yeah. You know, they need a good three months. So 12 weeks is probably ideal for some people. They have more weight to lose and they can easily hit 16 weeks in a healthy manner. Um, there's even people who do 24 weeks, which is six months. Now I would say those people probably have about 50 pounds to lose. They have more weight to lose. Um, but that's why like eight to 16 is probably the safest range. I would say it's enough time to get the job done. Um, it's not too long to where the diet fatigue is just overwhelming and starts causing a lot of negative adaptations. Yeah, totally. Cool. All right. Uh, we have one more here coming from Greg Carragay. It says for any, Four-day training split, what exercises are absolutely necessary to include? Mm -hmm. And is there any? Yeah, I posted uh, a movement pattern, like, swipe Instagram graphic thing uh, a couple weeks ago that did really well. And I definitely would suggest checking that out because it kind of breaks down what I'm going to say. Um, so to start with the last part of the question, is there any? No, there's not. I don't think so. I don't think there's any magic exercises. Um, most people would say, like, you got to do the bench squat deadlift. I, I disagree. I think that there's nothing special about those. And a lot of people end up just hurting themselves trying to force, um, what is it, a round peg through a square hole, basically. Yeah. You know? And the problem with that is if you have issues or imbalances or you don't understand, uh, uh, what is the word? Uh, there's a word for limb lengths and biomechanics and stuff like that. Um, I can't think of it off the top of my head, but like, anatomy? huh? Anatomy? No, it's 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 in the category of anatomy. Okay. But okay. That's like like what is science? Biology? Well, that's a big category. You know? <laughs> um, so, but the point is, is if you don't understand some of that stuff, um, you're gonna have you're gonna just get injured, right? You might be doing a conventional deadlift because that's what the paper says, but you are just not designed to do it 
a conventional deadlift. You need a trap bar. You need to elevate the plates. You need a sumo. You need a hybrid stance. You shouldn't even be doing a deadlift. Like, do a single leg hip hinge. And that's where, like, I don't think there's any special exercises. I think there's movement patterns and joint functions and ranges of motion. Um, and with those, you need to determine what the best movements are for you or the best exercises are for you within those categories. So there's push, pull, hip hinge, squat, and then... In school, we're, we're taught carry. So it's like push, pull, hip, knee, carry. But like people would say carry. And it's like, well, core. Well, mm. Core is not a movement. Yeah. Carry is. Yeah. So what would you say? Farmer's for, walk. Yeah, exactly. And that's for your core. But it's for a lot of different things, like a full body exercise. But like um, that's why we always used to say push, pull, hip, knee, core. Even though core is not a movement pattern, you got to do something for your core. And it's specific to you. So if you are uh, – flexion intolerant that means that you're probably going to hurt your back when you get into a flexed position and there's load and you can't brace which means like on a deadlift if you round your back and you're under load you're fucked somebody who is not flexion intolerant might round their back and they'll be totally fine because they have that strength right somebody who is extension tolerant intolerant might hurt them back by hyperextending too much somebody who is rotationally intolerant will hurt themselves by twisting right so for core you got to look at which one of those is it. And it, you can even do like for carry, it would be more like braced tension. So like just under heavy load or lateral uh, flexion and rotation. So like if you're doing a single arm carry and it's like pulling you to the side, you're yeah. not, you know, you're not able to brace that way. But like the point is, is if you're rotational intolerant, then you should be doing like those bus drivers at the day or pal off presses, side plank with row, something that is anti-rotation. Totally. That builds resistance to rotation. If you are uh, extension intolerant, then you should be doing something that is anti-extension. So that would be like a plank or a plank variation, ab wheel, a uh, seesaw plank, a LLPT plank. So uh, lower level pelvic tilt plank, which is like you just kind of like when you're doing the seesaw and you seesaw out, yep. but then when you get to the end, you would just stay there. Uh, so with the LLPT plank, you just kind of walk your feet out and then you just brace there. Um, and then the last one was anti-rotation, anti-flexion. That's where you would actually literally do sit-ups and crunches, but you're trying to force, you're, you're like literally trying to round your spine while you're doing it and activate the core while you're doing it. Um, so your hip flexors don't take over and your rib cage flare up. But the point is, is that core, you pick one for that. So push, pull, you would do horizontal and vertical. So push, horizontal. Maybe your shoulders are banged up and you can't do a fixed barbell bench press. We well, should probably do a floor press or a neutral grip press or a dumbbell press. So you don't have to be f with a fixed position on the bar. You're forced to be in a pronated grip. You're forced to have your shoulders in a certain position. You really can't get comfortable because you need a neutral grip. And you might need to limit your range of motion, which is nice when you have the floor right there on a floor press. Um, vertical press. If you have bad shoulders, you might be doing an angled press, like a landmine. If not, you might be doing a dumbbell overhead press. Maybe you can do a barbell overhead press. But either way, there's a bunch of presses for horizontal and vertical movements then you have vertical row in, in uh horizontal row and that would be a pull down or a chin up or and it would be a t-bar row one-arm dumbbell row um, even a band pull apart is a row technically because you're retracting your scapula in the horizontal plane so we're looking at these categories hip hinge is a deadlift but it's also rdl it's a, a single leg rdl it's a high hip lunge it is a step up in some regards it is a hip thrust it's a glue bridge a squat is a squat a front squat a back squat a box squat a goblet squat Landmine squat, split squat, reverse lunge. There's a million. It's literally just a knee dominant pattern. So totally. those are staples. Every program needs to have those, right? So if you're doing a four day split upper lower, let's say, then those upper days need to have basically throughout your week, you need to have all those in. So if you have an upper lower, you're not going to do a hip hinge on an upper day. Yeah. But 
throughout the week, you need to be able to hit push, pull, vertical and horizontal, hip hinge, knee dominant, squat move pattern, and then something for your core. Some people add lunge there, so they'll go push, pull, uh, vertical and horizontal. They'll say hip hinge, squat, lunge, core, because they don't consider a lunge, because a lunge can be hip dominant. They just want people to do unilateral work. And I like that from a standpoint of if people take things too literally and they hear squat and they only just do squats and they never do a single leg movement, yep. that's an issue. But a split squat is still a squat. So I always just say push, pull, hip, knee, core. But if you look at a program and it has all those and you're using exercise variations that fit the mold for you into those categories, you're hitting everything you need. You're golden. Totally. Love it. Um, and I want to give a quick shout out to one of our sponsors, Giant Lifting, for a couple of reasons. One, um, this topic kind of pertains to that. And I've been, t- I've been talking about this more on, in my content. Um, and I like pushing it because I think people need to like understand this message, but specialty bars are so important. I think so many people are just so attached to the barbell. Barbells are great. Giant makes great barbells, but they also make the, um, I want to say they're going to start selling, they started selling it, but maybe I might be wrong. If I am and you guys are excited about it and you don't see it, sorry. Um, no, the neutral grip bar is there, but the, um, bent, the bent, the curved bar, I'm I'm trying to think of what it is. It's called something. Yeah. Um, cambered bar. That's what it is. So a camber bar is like it bends. So it's really easy on your shoulders. Um, but it's a very awkward shaped bar to sell and ship. So I don't know if they start oh, shipping it yet. Yeah. But the cambered bar, they have an open face trap bar. They have the neutral grip bar. They have the safety bar. They have uh, the long, easy curl bars. Like they have uh, everything. I mean, so you can do Zercher carries with those and stuff. They have uh, special grip farmer's carry bars that you can slide plates on, which I really like those. Um, they have a ton of different stuff. And I, I'm a big proponent of these because... There's so many people who hurt themselves doing barbell movements who don't compete in barbell sports. So it's like you could literally save yourself so much injury and still train if you just used a specialty bar. Yeah. They're literally made. I, I literally think, I, I don't quote me on this because it might not be a fact, but I'm pretty sure the first person to make some kind of specialty bar was a beat up old meathead who power lifted for too long, had fucked up joints, and was like, I want to make a barbell that still works for me. Lo and behold, he made something cool. Now it's like a whole fucking side of the industry. Yeah. So Giant has a bunch of those. They're really, really good, and they're affordable. Um, they're also, they have a sale right now. I want to say all of Black Friday. Like, so funny. Black Friday used to be a day. <laughs> then it was Thanksgiving and Black Friday. Then it was a week. Then it was like two weeks. Now it's the month. Yeah. The month of November is Black Friday, literally. So uh, they have a sale Black going November. On, which I'm not mad at. I yeah, mean, Totally. Give me more sales. I love it. So uh, we won't be doing that for coaching. Sorry, but <laughs> we don't discount our prices. But uh, they they have a sale going on all month, and uh, you can use TCM10 to get an extra 10%. So you can get the Black Friday sale and another 10%. Um, I highly recommend checking out their specialty bars. I use them every week for my, my training. I use them way more often than normal bars. Totally. So, yeah. There's so many different kinds of camber bars. Like not... Maybe cambered means just fucking awkward shape bar yes that's what i'm getting i'm like there are so many different ones so i wonder what that one is a, a curved camber bar oh there you go i mean i'm sure that's what it oh, is okay yeah. i thought you read it but i just looked up camber bar and there's just like so many different kinds of bars to do specialty movements crazy yeah um so like the original one was called the duffalo bar wow because uh robert duffin mm. not robert duffin we went to school with robert duffin shout out robert duffin um <laughs> I don't know. Is it that. Chris Duffin? Who we had him on the podcast, Kabuki Strength. He owns that company. Uh. I think it's Chris Duffin, the mad scientist. Um, 
he makes some of the craziest bars. And I want to say he made the first curved bar. Gotcha. And he called it the Duffalo Bar. Now, I don't know if that's because there was another bar called the Buffalo Bar or he, it reminded him of a buffalo for some reason. Don't know why. And he named it Duffalo because his last name is Duffin. It might be because, you know, buffaloes have that big curve on their back. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Maybe that's it. The Duffalo Squad Bench Bar. That's the curved one. Yeah. Yeah. So Giants isn't called that. Neither is anybody else's because Duffalo is trademarked to Chris Duffin, I'm sure. Um, Chris Duffin. There you but go. Nonetheless, giantlifting.com. You can use the coupon code TCM10. Um, guys, we appreciate you listening, and we will catch you next time.